This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Free FM 89.0. Tuia Nareo Otahapori. Now, Hamilton City Council presents Council Comment. A weekly discussion about civic business, one-on-one with those at the council table. Here's your host, Brian Smith. And a very good morning, everyone, on Free FM 89.0, Council Comment, and I'm Councillor on the line this morning, and uh, the Councillor is Martin uh, Gallagher. Are you there, Martin? Yes, I am. He is, indeed, and uh, it's good to have you there, Martin, and... uh, Getting underway with some of the things, there's been a, a difference of opinion, uh, certainly in the newspaper, over the government water plans. Uh, the mayor's view got a particular view. I think others got other views. What, what do you feel about it? Oh, well, I, my, my, my position uh, would broadly align with the mayor's approach. Yep. Uh, and that, uh, obviously, dare I say it, there's quite a bit of water to, you know, pass under the bridge. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we're in consultation uh, with the government. There are no set dates. There's no set dates that uh, there would be a change in the way in which our water is, is, is administered and run. And very clearly and very concisely, as, as the mayor herself has said, there will be uh, very, there would be very full and thorough consultation uh, with our community. Okay. Uh, there are differences, but um, I, I'm certainly... Um, I think the mayor in this, on this issue is, is, is providing appropriate uh, leadership in the interests of our city. Oh, well, that's fine. Yes, I knew there was a, a thing there, and it doesn't uh, bother me personally, but I did wonder at one stage with the fact that uh, the council have got a very a good asset here. Is it going to uh, be taken away from us, or what's the story? No, 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 no not at all in, in that sense. I mean, okay. the asset in whatever form, water in this country... Uh, will and must be publicly owned. It must not never must not be, in my view, privatised. Right. Uh, but the notion that uh, a country of five million people, which is a small population relative to overseas, mm. smaller than many overseas cities, sure. albeit with geographic challenges, topographical challenges, uh, can have water spliced across eighty or so different local authorities, I think defies. Um, logic in, in the terms and the ability of the Otahongas of this world, no disrespect to them, uh, to be to run their own water type suppliers against getting more of a regional entity, yeah. uh, I think it's important. This city with uh, Waikato District and Waipa did attempt a while ago to uh, look at a, a regional water entity. Yes, I realise. Unfortunately, those discussions uh, failed. And now um, we're dealing with central government as to how we best do water. But having said that, just because the government, say, has proposed a, you know, a, this particular a regional entity covering a chunk of the central North Island, etc., is not necessarily um, where we may or may not go. And I think the chair of our finance committee probably sums it up quite well. He says, look, we um, want water reform at a national level. That's the majority of us. 
but the, the devil, of course, will be um, in the detail. I mm. want to acknowledge our mayor uh, is doing comprehensive discussions with her fellow mayors and with the government. Yep. And um, I, I, as I said, I think on this particular issue, uh, I think our mayor is providing good leadership. I think the other really issue is let's deal with fact and not supposition. So someone chucks some stuff up on a social media post. That is not necessarily fact. So dare I say it, in all this debate and argument, you can, you can still come to a, a different view, obviously. Mm. Uh, but let's have the fact checker working over time so that we're actually dealing with rational uh, decision making. Uh, obviously, uh, if people are making claims around costs and prices and estimate of costs in the future, that needs to be double checked in fact, whether it's coming from central government or it may be coming from a, a blog post from a local councillor. Right, got you on that. Here we go. I was wondering, and some people asked me about this one, has the lockdown effect uh, had a, any effect on the council's uh, actions and meetings and things like that? No, no, look, I mean, this is the... And this is what I think has changed fundamentally as a result of this pandemic. You know, things have huge changes mm. and leave lasting changes historically and hopefully obviously fingers crossed you know we, we we get through this this current scenario uh but one of the things that has changed is that of course our reliance and our ability to use technology to keep meetings so all through the lockdowns i've been in regular meetings as a council elected member as have many other organizations via zoom or teams yep. all right yep and and so all of our meeting processes fundamentally have gone on, um, and uh, so, you know, so so to a degree, from a council point of view, <coughs> excuse me, it's been business as usual. Yep. Uh, I do think our wonderful, wonderful staff, many of whom have had to be, you know, been out there doing the work. Yes. Whether it's <coughs> assisting with emergency food banks or the streets and and all of the you know the, the infrastructure of the city, so they're wonderful public servants. Yep. I, with respect, have probably had the easier job in a governance <laughs> point of view. As I was, you know, I've been able to do my job, and I realise a lot of professions where you you can't rely on Zoom and, and Teams. <clears throat> you have to actually physically show up and do stuff. Yeah. But <clears throat> albeit the, the operation of council has carried on. Oh, that's really really good. Um, there was some uh, thought about uh, changing uh, street names and uh, all that sort of stuff. Been cost and confusion over that. Is, is that likely to go ahead at this stage? Well, I, I think number one is let, let's all go on a historical journey, all right? I've got Irish ancestry, uh, and, and I'm very proud of that Irish ancestry. But what I, my, that Irishness of me teaches me is, is to look at history, to have a discussion about history, to celebrate bilingualism. To, okay, you know, yep. two, two written languages. In the case of Ireland, it's English and Irish. Um, I think they're a role model of a country. The proportion of their population who can easily uh, speak both. And okay. I've been in, a, in a, my local an county where my ancestors came from, and years ago, were, were they just one minute they're speaking in Irish, and next minute they're in English. <laughs> Everyone understands each other. It's no big deal. Yep. Uh, it, it's celebrated, and also on their signage. So I get a little bit. I, I think it's ironic that you have Irish Kiwis who've got Irish ancestry, perhaps don't. <laughs> don't apply that to, to, to New Zealand. You know, no one's under threat. Right. So when it comes to street names, let, let's get the history of some of those street names up first. So I'm really yeah. pushing, as I have for plaques and info 
So if you go down Bryce Street or Von Kempsey Street, you at least um, know the context of that street name, yeah, yeah. right? And in time, there may be one or two street names that you would actually want to change or, or have a bilingual or, or a dual approach. Okay. I don't know how that would work with New Zealand Post, <laughs> but you'd work that through. But So let's have that discussion. Let's have a situation yep. where people who may be in a particular street yep. would be very comfortable with changing that street name. Okay. All right? Yep. And, okay. and I'm aware of, uh, you know, if I can say, Ian McMichael, you know, very respected pharmacist in this town, uh, <clears throat> is doing some work already to say, look, <clears throat> given the history of Von Temsky, let's have the discussion about him. Yeah. But maybe there might be a different name for, for Von Temsky, for example. But this is something we do together and in collaboration. It, it, it's not a, a threat. With new stuff, let's acknowledge new street names and parks. Yeah. Let's acknowledge our history, which did not start in 1864. It started hundreds of years before that. You know, again, going to Ireland and Britain, where, I, where I've got my ancestors yep. and relatives. Yep. Celebrate the totality of human history. You yep. know, and and the UK and Ireland is a great example. You don't say, "Oh, wait a minute, a particular <laughs> group arrived in 1860." No, no, wait a minute, the Romans, the Saxons, yeah. everyone was there <laughs> long before. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, that's an interesting one uh, there. When you were talking about Ireland, I, my great-grandfather came from County Donegal in Ireland. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, if I can say, have a look at the Irish, their bilingualism, they go to em embassies and streets. And, and, you know, look, no country's perfect. Obviously, Ireland, Aotearoa, New Zealand, no country's perfect, right? But, right? but they don't get necessarily hung up on whether you're using English or Irish, all mm. right? Yep. And they, they actually acknowledge the totality of their history, some which is incredibly painful. Yeah. And they themselves, if you want a country that was a victim of colonialism, look at Ireland. Yep, yep. so I can go along with that. Okay, moving on from there, we've got uh, the proposition that STV will be the next election. And are we going to have two wards or are we going to have uh, one big ward? That's been debated, I know. Any thoughts well, on that? My, my my take on this, I think you, you may have a citywide uh, ward, as I understand it, for, for the Māori representation. And, okay. and that, all that is is those people who are currently on the Māori role, electoral role, yep. will, will be in the in a Māori electoral ward. Those people on the general role will be on the general ward, whether it's east-west or citywide. Sure. I still prefer a, a east and west because that's yep. what we've got. Yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a fog in my throat today. That's what we've got. That, that sort of status quo it does reflect roughly that we've got parliamentary electorates, east and west. Yep. Uh, so I kind of prefer that. And I think there's huge changes coming in local government anyway. So I would uh, say um, <coughs> this, this time round, this yep. time round, uh, roughly keep status quo because we're changing the voting system to STB, which I think is a fairer system. Okay. Uh, yep. You know, so for example, uh, you know, Mayor Paula will stand. Possibly uh, Jeff Taylor as a deputy mayor may stand for mayor. I don't, I don't know. Yep. But at least you, you don't have someone getting elected by thirty percent of the vote. So it's either the first or second choice yep, yep. of of you know one or of, of the majority of your people. So I think it's a fairer system. Probably delivers over time a more diverse council that's more representative of the structure of our city. Okay. Uh, so all I'm saying is the two big things we're doing is one we're having a Maori ward. Yep. which brings, again, new voices around the table, which I think is sorely needed with, with a very valuable input and life experiences. And, and with STV, 
I think those are the two major changes. So I wouldn't be personally in favour of changing yet again the ward system. Right. Oh, well, that's fair enough. I, I'm. Rather, Having right. said that, can I just do a, a caveat on that? Yep. We are going out to a hearings process, <coughs> so I don't predetermine this seriously. I seriously must have an open mind, as I must have on waters yep. and all of this. I mean, that's pretty crucial. You didn't elect me to be a councillor <laughs> to be a, have a closed mind. So trust me, I do not have a closed mind on this. And and if there's you know if if there's, if there's an evidence based submissions that point in a different direction, then I must give that serious consideration. Fair enough too. Well, I go along personally, and people I've spoken to say, let's keep two wards. And a lot of people are interested in STV. Some don't understand it. I have the advantage of understanding STV, and uh, it'll be well explained before the next election, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I give the example. It's really important for the mayoral contest because we've had no disrespect to the candidates in the past. Right. You can have it. You can have a contest where someone, even a council contest, where someone gets a, a small, you know, they get twenty percent of the vote or thirty percent, and the, the votes for everyone else is split all over the place. Yeah. At least with the mayor, whether it's a Paula Southgate or a Jeff Taylor, whoever, um, you know that mayor is going to be the, the first or the second choice, basically, of at least 50% of the people. Yep. You know, so at least that person has some sort of mandate. Yep. Okay, uh, talking of um, personalities and so forth, I see we've got a new city council chief executive, and Lance Vervoit uh, was in the council uh, uh, previously anyway. Well, he's been our deputy chief executive for quite right. some time. And yep. Also concurrent with that, he's been in charge of our, our community section, which is our libraries. It's actually 55% of the council in yep. terms of numbers of staff, libraries, parks, gardens. So I'm very pleased to see Lance in that role. Good. Fully support him. Uh, he's come from Auckland. He's got a very uh, depth of significant uh, community understanding, a depth of experience. Uh, obviously, as you'd expect, you'd want an chief executive uh, very professional. Yep. Uh, we we had did have a range of, in, uh, in my view, some one or two very exceptional candidates. So it was a very difficult choice for council in the sense of the choices we had. Yeah. We've landed on on Lance and and through a due proper rigorous process, and uh, I think he'll be really good. Good one. Well, we look forward to that and uh, go on from there. One of the big things that a lot of the councillors have been talking about with me is the inner city building going upwards, uh, you know, eight storeys, six, eight storeys, that sort of thing. Any comment on that? Well, I think, again, um, obviously we are now with the national um, build guidelines and, and national policy statements coming out of government. Okay. Uh, with, and this is trying to address the issue of housing shortage uh, but obviously having cities that are well designed, relatively compact, so you don't keep uh, using incredible uh, fertile land you know, on the fringes. But one of the things is, with the national policy statement, is uh, intensification. Uh, yes. Now that has to be done. That can either be done in an incredibly bad way, yep. and in some cases in Hamilton, as you know, uh, I think there are some examples of high density that are absolute... C-R-A-P, and there are <laughs> other examples which are really good. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, so I agree with that. we've got to have a good district plan, which uh, my good colleague Ryan Hamilton, very impressive uh, example of a, a newer councillor, a newer leader, Brian Hamilton, leading yep. that wonderful piece of work, great piece of work, doing a great job. Um, and one of the things is that we have a design panel. 
Yep. And one of the things, if you have a high density and higher, uh, the six-story limit, you and Wilson was has been promoting that quite. I yes, he has. Yes. You still have to have good design, so it's about your sight lines, your shadowing. Um, you know, and if you want examples, go to the downtown Auckland where you, you you've got some good designs, but you've also got other hideous things <laughs> in my view. I mean, for example, if you have an apartment, yep. you want to buy an apartment or rent an apartment knowing that you have a reasonable outlook and you're suddenly not going to get a, an apartment literally coming up next to you and you're going to look into the front window of the next apartment with no view, all your sunlight's gone, shadowing and all of that. So it's got to be good design. Yep. So this is not just the terror, this is not just a, a marketplace sorts at all. Our developers have a huge role and, and I've got to give Property Council their great credit. I think they're a really good partner to talk with and, and work with, but with you know, them and the design panel so that we get good outcomes. Yep. Well, that's really good. I think that's important, uh, as you say, and I'm looking forward to seeing some of it go. And um, there we are. And, of course, we've got the uh, uh, new uh, building, uh, I forget what it's called, actually on the corner of um, Hood Street and... Uh, and Anglesey there, and uh, that that's uh, a new one coming up. Oh well, you, you've got some interesting Union you know, buildings coming up. I mean, obviously you've you've got um, the on the old Ebbets uh, site, some you know Union Square coming that's up. It. Yep, you've that. got the great regional council Stark development there with the new buildings there. Yep. Uh, you've got the AC Tainui Group Holdings with the ACC. Yes. So there are some really good uh, developments in the centre of town. One of the key things in any city, whether it's Europe or Australia, of this size, yes. you know, um, is that we have decent public transport connections, including rail. So, right. you know, again, uh, the be- we now have the beginnings of a rail service to Auckland. Yes. It's not the end game, it is but the beginning. Uh, obviously, you know, encouraging uh, a situation where people have choice of how they get into town All in right, terms yeah. of, you know, private motor car versus public transport, sure. uh, you know, cycleways, scooters, the, the whole deal. So I think in addition to it's not just putting a high-rise building up, it's got to be all of the other stuff that comes around it as well. Fair enough too, yes, I believe that. And uh, the train services... Uh bit underused at the moment, but uh, hopefully it'll pick up. Well, uh, again, um, I know you and Wilson in particular and Dave McPherson are doing incredible hard yards on that with my okay. good friend, Councillor Russ Remington, yep. uh, from the region. And basically they are looking at a mid-morning service going up. But the critical thing is they want to get that train to Pūnui, which is the connection to Auckland Airport, and then through to the Strand, which is, you know, downtown it's not Britomart, but it's because there's just no space there at this point. But it, the Strand is the old side of the old. Oh yes, I know. Yep, yep. So uh, the the deficiency of the model at the moment is you have to get off at, at Papakura yeah. and change trains. I don't necessarily find that changing particularly friendly. But that once you're on to Hui, I think it's marvellous service. But I think you just have to. We get a mid-morning service going, and and, and the, the governance group that you and Wilson and Dave's involved with with Russ, yep, uh, I think are doing with the staff are doing a great job. We've got an issue of getting the appropriate slot into Pernu in the Strand because we then come up with into the Auckland system, yeah. and work with AT. Uh, you know, it, this is an, it's not just oh we'll take a train any old time to this or that station. 
there's a whole lot of other services using those stations and those lines. Yep. And basically, they've got to get that third rail line finished. Now, uh, and with the you know the the underground system in Auckland, sure. the DRL they're calling it, yep. the loop line, for all of that to come to be, which Tahuia will will fit in. At the moment, of course, Tahuia going up there, we've got the uh, cat, you know the thing locked down in Auckland. Um, so, is the train actually running? Well, it's not. It's not running at the moment, no. and that's what I say. The other thing is, I, I, I see quite a bit of sometimes social media commentary. Oh, you know, it's a failure. It's a dog. Personally, if I can humbly say, I think that's really short-sighted commentary. Okay. And I've got to say, look, if, if the Aussies can do this, you know, yeah. why can't we? Now, if you go to Brisbane, you get trained. Brisbane's similar size to Auckland, right? Yep. Train to Ipswich, trains to Gold Coast, train to the Brisbane airport, train up to the, towards the Sunshine Coast, uh-huh. etc. Go to Melbourne, Ballarat, Bendigo, Geelong, into Melbourne. Uh, they have invested in regional and local rail over a number of years. Sure. And, you know, I have to say this really bluntly. If the Australians can do this and it works, what is it about this country that we can't do this? And, again, uh, Australians still love their cars, drive their cars, right? But you have multimodal choice. You have choice. Okay. okay? Yep. And and this is the critical thing. So it's not to – I mean, so this is where – if we even look across the Tasman, how they do this stuff, you know, Wollongong and this, et cetera, et cetera – and again, people have choice. And, I, and again, I just would hope that we stay the distance and that we, we must um, keep a long-term view and a, and, a, and a visionary view. So the notion that you can just have a whole lot of cars burning a whole lot of fossil fuels, <laughs> belching them and exhaust, jammed up in the Auckland motorway, right? Yeah. Um, just doesn't do it. And, and I have my own daughter who uses that service from time to time she did comment on the day of the lockdown. She got the last train out, I think, before they went into lockdown. <laughs> right. And she was using to hurry. And she said, Dad, I was looking at that. And, and the, the motorway was just jammed. And we were just sailing past them. Yes, know? yes, I can understand and, and that. So, again, I mean, I, I, I just can't stress enough that we must make this service work. And we between Hamilton and Auckland, There'd be no other city in the developed world where you didn't have a rail service between two cities our size and close together, let okay. alone yeah. the, 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 the towns that are now developing between Auckland and Hamilton. Yep. I mean, with respect, it's crazy to contemplate a system where you would not have a rail service. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you there. And uh, that, that's very important. One of the other things I was going to bring up with you is the closure of Newcastle Street for two months from the end of um, um, this month right through into November. And uh, I wondered if you had any information on that. Why? It's a pretty major road, actually. No, well, there'll be major works, I understand. It. And, and again, you've caught me a bit short then. I do apologise. Yeah. Uh, but that, that'll be, and I'll be on the phone to Evelisa and, and you know, Angela... Yeah. O'Leary doing a marvellous job there as with Sarah Thompson and that whole area. All right. But I would imagine that'll be a major, you know, stormwater and roading works. Okay. And again, um, with, with, again, can I just say generally, people will notice a lot of disruption around roads being closed, but this is yep. a major public investment in the infrastructure of this city. Yep. Uh, and that's, for roading, that's a combination of ratepayer money and your petrol tax. Yep. Your road tax are... Uh, 
but again, uh, this is creating jobs and opportunity and making Hamilton a better place. This is major investment. And we have certainly, over the next 10 years, we're embarking on a major, major, through our long-term plan, um, you know, a, a major re- regeneration, renovation sure. of the city, which we need, which we need. Yep, this is, this is vital um, investment in infrastructure. I'm sorry if I can't be as precise <laughs> as I should on, on the exact detail, but yeah. I understand. We've got just three or four minutes left. Um, anything else you'd like to cover at this time, Martin? Oh, look, I, I think I just want to also acknowledge the new councillors come on board, Councillor Mark Donovan. Yes. Uh, and he, he's had a business experience and, and a range of experiences. And uh, he's absolutely, uh, you know, hitting the ground running. I mean, there's an absolute energy and, and wish him well. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's obviously replaced uh, the late and missed, very much missed Margaret Forsyth. Surely. So he's doing a, a great job. And also, I just want to... Can I just... You know, I've been around for a while, as people know. Um, I just want to do a big shout-out to that new generation of leadership that yep. is in our city. And, you know, I, I genuinely... I just want to... Councillor uh, uh, Kishnaidu Rolf, Councillor Sarah Thompson, Ewan Wilson, uh, um, you know, uh, yep. Ryan Hamilton, and now Mark Donovan, just, to, you know, not, not just, just putting them in that mix there. Uh, you know, there's just an amazing um, energy of yes. that new group, and and I know that Macker and Dave Mack and Andrew Leary would support me in saying this. I think there's some really good um, people that are are coming, you know, are now coming through. Good. Um, and and you know, um, and you know, the, the work, for example, that Mark Bunting and and, and Kishnaidu Roth are doing have been doing during this um, pandemic and during in the community is. It's just stunning, and the work that Ryan is doing on the, our district plan and our urban development stuff. Yep. Uh, and then Ewan, uh, trust me, on, on the on the transport stuff. Um, you all, know, in terms all doing of the rail great component. job, yeah. So I'm just using that. Look, everyone's working hard. Yep. But I, I just want to say that I just think, we, you know, there, there's a quality and calibre of this new councillor, so these new groups of elected members yep. that I haven't seen in some time. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been around for a long time. <laughs> but I'm incredibly impressed. Right. Well, on that note, Martin, we're going to have to finish the program. And thank you so much for coming on the air and uh, doing it on phone. And uh, we look forward to seeing you around and uh, in the council chambers in the near future as well. Great. Thank you. Thank you for all your work at Free FM. Well, that was Martin Gallagher, our guest on the, today on the telephone. And with the time coming up to two minutes away from 12, we're going to close uh, the programme council comment. I'm Brian Smith, and we'll be having another councillor on the air next week between 11.30 and 12. Bye for now. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.